Welcome to the Be Nice Andy Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Be Nice Andy Podcast, a sports podcast for the people. My name is John Lee. And I'm Andy Benzowitz. So, Andy, it seems to be a recurring theme. Every time I want to talk to you about the Cowboys, they win this. They either win or lose this kind of close game. And um, I was just watching the highlights because I didn't catch the game. But um, that Dak Prescott, that uh, that drive down the field for that field goal, very... Um, Maybe I'd, I'd say poor man's Brady-esque, kind of, you know, that Vinatieri Brady kind of marching down the field. Um, I know you probably won't agree with that, but, I mean, he, it looked like he kept his composure. I mean, nothing nothing out of this world in terms of, like, amazing plays, but, like, didn't turn the ball over, which is saying a lot for Dak, I guess. Um, what would you make of the game? What would you make of Dak's uh, march down the field to win the game? Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, I mean, it really is a recurring theme because it seems like if we record every week, we're kind of on the opposite side of the conversation that we were on the previous week, which is, you know, Cowboys lose, Cowboys win, Cowboys lose, Cowboys win. And uh, it, for me, this is the same game that the Cowboys play every single week. I mean, they, they're generally going to be in the game and they're probably going to win by a field goal. They're going to lose by a field goal. I mean, they're, that's the, I guess, the beauty and the terror of what uh, eight and eight quality team is and you know while I think this team has enough potential to be better than that because of the defense which again the defense just continues to be impressive um, offensively I'm still just not impressed outside of Ezekiel Elliott who's all worldly um, you know and Dak has looked okay I mean he's I think that the field has opened up a little bit more for him with uh, the addition of Amari Cooper I think that that's obviously hasn't hurt he's making some plays and he's, he's looking good but um, yeah Dak kept his composure I think he played no okay game. Um, I, I still saw a ton of stuff where I, I think that a much better quarterback probably puts up a lot more points, but, uh, you know, Dak will get you a field goal. I mean, that's what he does. He, he gets the Cowboys in field goal range and doesn't score touchdowns. So, um, you know, I guess you feel good about this win if you're the Cowboys, especially given the fact that the rest of the NFC East is a complete disaster and uh, Alex Smith breaking his leg obviously opens things up. The Cowboys could end up in first place tomorrow uh, if they beat the Redskins, which I actually expect them to do. So, so before this game, I mean, I would argue the Falcons, along with the Eagles, have been, you know, some of the more disappointing teams. Going into this game with the matchup, um, it's weird with the Falcons. If you told me they would beat you guys by 10 or 14, I wouldn't be surprised. But if you told me they lost by 7 or 10, I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, so I wasn't totally surprised by this outcome. Um, what were your thoughts going into the game, and how did it play out for you? With the well, the Falcons, yeah, the Falcons have a bad pass defense. And, I mean, everybody knows this, that quarterbacks have been shredding them apart. And so that's the thing. I mean, you go into this game, and you're thinking, you know, is this, is this the game where Dak actually looks like a pass? like a quarterback I mean and you know I'm going into this game I'm hoping for a 300 yard passing game I'm, I'm hoping for to see Dak throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns you know and that's what I would have loved to have seen from Dak as a quarterback um, but again he comes out with a re- you know rather pedestrian uh, okay here's so here's the funny part so I picked up because I didn't like the matchups on my fantasy team this week I have Kirk Cousins as my starting quarterback in fantasy I've also got the Chicago Bears defense as my starting defense in fantasy and the Bears defense has been off the charts this season so yeah. I chose not to start Kirk Cousins coming off a of bye week he had, he had the bye week so I had picked up Dak as my quarterback because he was the oh. best option available last week he was the best option available last week and he did you know pretty get a good game he got help getting to win and I decided to roll the dice with him 
this week and bench Cousins because I loved, I liked the matchup. I thought he could get me a couple touchdowns and, you know, 275 to 300 yards passing. Uh, turns out Kirk Cousins still outperformed him fantasy-wise. Wow. Um, but, yeah, I expected more. I mean, I expect more from, from the quarterback against a bad pass defense. It, for me, they're, they're still the field goal, you know, they're still a field goal-dependent team. Uh, you know, you can blame Cole Beasley a little bit for the for the drop touchdown. I mean, Gap did get the ball into the end zone on that play early in the game. And But I just think a, a real big-time NFL quarterback is going to get you two to three passing touchdowns in the NFL, especially with these rules. And, you know, you see it on some of these teams. I mean, some, some teams, you got quarterbacks throwing for five, six touchdowns a game, um, you, you know, some weeks. So, uh, you know, I'm not overly impressed with anything Dak did against a bad passing defense. It's For me, that's just another eight and eight performance. And, you know, that was the win on that side of the uh, the, the win-loss, win-loss, win-loss thing. So that, that is true. You guys are like the epitome of hashtag eight and eight, uh, unfortunately. A um, couple of quick follow-up Cowboys questions. So it's been a few weeks now. Um, Two-part question. I want to get your thoughts on how you think the Mark Cooper trade has gone so far. And then the second question would be, you know, I, I can't think of too many NFL teams that make the trades for the picks. I, th- I think it's more common in the NBA where you trade a, a veteran, you get some picks and you rebuild, you know, trust the process, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, the fact that you guys don't have your first round pick next year, and I'm sure, you you know, teams get value in the second, third, other rounds. I, it's hard to say this, but like, you know, at least in the examples I see in the NBA, it's like if you don't have your first round pick, there's no point in tanking. Uh, maybe in the NBA, it's more top heavy where the first round pick is dramatically better than the, the subsequent rounds but so you'll see teams like um, I can't think of any off, off the top of my head but if they don't have their first round pick next year they won't tank and they'll they'll either trade for like short-term contracts or they won't intentionally tank and they're they're playing to put a good product on the court to quote-unquote fill the seat but you know they're not good enough to you know scratch the top you know of the playoffs or make a make a deep run in the pre- postseason so it seems like you're kind of doing it just to put some entertaining product on the court with really no chance of winning and then again, you you have no great draft pick the following year. So I want to ask you, like, given what you think about Amari Cooper, like, even if you guys play lights out, you know, I, I think you'd agree with me that you guys don't scratch, like, the same to the Rams. So, like, no matter how good you guys do, you're kind of just entertaining people for this current year. But then is it worth losing your first-round draft pick? Well, no, it's not worth it for me. I mean, I never would have traded a first-round draft pick for a wide receiver. I don't care who it is. Uh, I mean, I think there are a couple guys, like we talked about, I think that there's the Julio Jones and the oh, actually, Antonio actually, Brown. Quick question. And, yeah, quick sorry, question. Go ahead. So, yeah. I, again, you, you, you guys might be, like, middle of the road, but, like, for a team that's, like, right at the top that they just need one thing to push them over, like that Des Bryant Saints trade, do they feel like Des will push them over the top even if they give up a first or second round or something? In those cases, do you think it's worth it? This is what you guys think? Well, the Saints had nothing to lose by that. I mean, the okay. Saints signed Des Bryant as a free agent. I mean, they didn't have to give up anything for Des Bryant. And also, they, he was a guy that could fill a legitimate need for them because they've got the possession slash freak athlete, Michael Thomas, who's going to draw the, you know multiple coverage. And then they've got some speed guys. They didn't have a guy, I, I guess, that you look at, like Des Bryant, who's like a one-on-one nightmare where he is just, he's going to get open in the end zone. It, my comparison about that Des Bryant move with the Saints was that that 
to me, that gave Drew Brees almost like a Jimmy Graham type effect. And I know he's not a tight end, but Jimmy Graham played a lot of his uh, a lot of snaps that you know out in the out in the uh, wide receiver set or a slot or you know somewhere in that area where he was not set as a traditional wide uh, tight end. So he was that guy that just can kind of go up and make a play in the end zone. And I know that Michael Thomas can make those plays, but they don't really use Michael Thomas that way. Because a lot of times he does have you know additional coverage sliding over to him, um, especially once you get towards the end zone. Des Bryant would have been that legitimate guy that was kind of like out there and he can go one-on-one, you know, down the corner of the end zone and probably beat a guy for, you know, a a jump ball. So they had nothing to lose by that. I think that they signed him to like a $600,000 contract with incentives because the Cowboys are already paying him nine something millions here. So Des Bryant didn't really need a big contract. But for the Cowboys, you know, when you look at what was out there, they got a guy. So they gave up the first round pick. They got a guy that was drafted in the top five of the draft. So technically people will argue that Amari Cooper is, you know, a top five, top 10 pick, let alone first round pick. People can argue that. The problem I had with it is that the Cowboys are not, that's not the Cowboys style. I mean, that's not the game the Cowboys play. The Cowboys are like a running team that's going to try to pound and pound and pound. I think that he has helped Dak a little bit because he's been able to get some separation. He's been able to make some plays. I mean, you can see the different talent between Amari Cooper and the guys the Cowboys have. But for me, uh, you know, giving up a first round pick is, it's just too much when you have certain areas of need that, you know, you could fill other ways. Like, and I wouldn't compare it to the NBA because one player in the NBA, you're going to see teams tank. I mean, you're going to see teams that are really like at the end of the season when, when it gets to the final month of the season, you start seeing NBA, NBA teams that are just completely out of contention, benching their star guys. And, you know, you, you know, they're trying to lose. I don't think the NFL, I don't think teams necessarily have to do that because usually once you get to the end of the season, the team that's two and 14 is so much far behind the other teams that, you know, they're competing with at that point, they're probably going to lose anyway. Um, and, you know, just being as physical of a sport as it is, I think sometimes you can see the drop off in the teams that just aren't as competitive anymore at the end of the season. And also one, t- one player isn't necessarily going to make a team like it does in the NBA. I mean, there's a huge incentive in the NBA to get that number one pick versus the number two pick or the number two pick versus the number three pick, because you could potentially get a, Le- a LeBron James or Kevin Durant in the first couple of picks. And that's going to completely change around your franchise. Where in the, N- in the NFL, unless you're getting a franchise quarterback, I mean, you, you can get a franchise quarterback and still go one and 15 the following couple of seasons. So I think it's a very different dynamic in those two sports. So that's, that's a great point. Um, I, I guess what concerns me because I'm kind of living, you know, the Cowboys life vicariously through you. I see it from from your 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 argument uh, a few weeks back that I mean if if you agree that you guys are kind of middle of the road and maybe not a complete overhaul or rebuild you know keep the keep the good pieces like Zeke etc that um, you know not intentionally tanking but by not making that Mario Kubi trade you guys are probably worse your record might be worse who knows but then you'd have your first round draft pick next year again assuming you guys have a worse record Garrett looks bad Garrett gets fired what I worry what's going to happen is again this is probably the worst case scenario is so you make the Mario Cooper trade, you guys play slightly not good enough to win your division, not good enough to make any noise in the playoffs or really compete, good enough to save Garrett's job. But again, that costs you the first round, your first round pick next year. And then, like, what, where does that really get you? Do you agree or disagree? Well, that's that? a, yeah, I mean, so I think that's the, the thing. I, I mean, I'm to the point where obviously I, I beat up the trade pretty, pretty bad when it first happened. I think that. 
I think I've moved a little bit back to the middle on it because I think if the Cowboys have a legitimate chance to compete this season, and if you look at it, I mean, you know, it's very far-fetched to say that the Cowboys are going to be able to really hang in there versus the Saints or the uh, Chiefs or the Rams or, you know, even, I guess, even like the Patriots or a team like that that's going to be there at the end of the year. It's it's tough to say that. So, I mean, it really comes down to, like, what are you looking for? Are the Cowboys going to win the division? I think that they've got a legit chance to win the division, and I think that there are chances have probably gone up because of the Amari Cooper trade. I think that as the season's gone on, we're about halfway through the season now, uh, a little bit more more so than that, but I think you're starting to see that the Cowboys really do have a legitimate defense. I mean, if this team can gel together, they can kind of, you know, kind of piece it, continue to piece it together with the offensive line so that they can pound and pound and pound and pound and Zeke has really hit his stride. So when the Cowboys are working the way they are right now with the run game and their defense is able to stay off the field and able to kind of stay fresh and make plays like they're making, well, all of a sudden, the Cowboys have a legit chance to beat teams. And I'm always going to say, I, I take defense over offense. So I think when, when the chips are stacked at the end of the season, when you start getting in the playoffs, if you've got a defense that could potentially go out there and shut down a team, I think you've got a legit chance to win in the playoffs. It becomes that close. I, you know, I don't see a lot of 50, 54 to 12, you know, <laughs> 54 to 14 scores in the playoffs. It doesn't happen very often. A lot of so, the games are a lot closer. So I, I mean, the last Cowboys topic, probably, you know, sarcastically your favorite topic. You know, there's been a lot of talk about Dak and his contract and Jerry Jones' comment with um, the extension. Kind of unnecessarily to extend him while he still has a year left in his rookie contract. Um, now again, Dak Prescott is no uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, I don't I don't know or when they extended him or if they played out his whole rookie contract. But you know when you get a, a quarterback of value on your rookie deal, that's probably you know one of your best case scenarios. Um, like you know, hopefully the Chiefs can optimize that. And um, I don't know if Goff is still on his rookie deal. I I, I would think yeah. he is. But um, so it, I mean, sure, if Dak was a superstar or top tier quarterback, maybe. Maybe you do that, make you, maybe you placate and make it feel better. But, you know, to make those comments public that, you know, we're going to extend that. I don't remember the exact wording he said. Um, that becomes scary. Uh, like, what do you think? Well, how annoyed would you be if they extend him? And do you think he warrants it? Well, not only are they going to extend him. So here's the thing that drives you absolutely nuts. So I saw an article that came out today. Apparently, Jerry did an interview uh, either today or yesterday. Not only did, is Jerry going to extend Dak, Jerry made a comment to in one of the interviews that he wouldn't trade Dak for two first-round picks. So Jerry actually said wow. that. Jerry said that today or yesterday in an interview. He would not trade Dak Prescott for two, num- two, two first-round picks, which, I mean, if there's any more sign that this guy is beyond senile at this point. I mean, Wait, you don't need so, any more proof than that right there. So, Paz, your football knowledge, I, I guess we're, we'll try to, like, what is, what is Zach worth it to you? What's the worst offer that you would take right now? Like, one first-round pick or one second-round pick? Or Oh, my God, I'd need a first-round pick for Dak. I mean, I'd pull the trigger on it without even <laughs> I mean, if I get a first-round pick, I mean, he's a fourth-round quarterback. I, like, you can okay. get people that are going to do what Dak does. I mean, I, I don't, to me, Dak is not doing anything that's like, you know, NFL Pro Bowler, like he's not that guy. Like when you watch a game where you see a Drew Brees, or you see a Jared Goff, or you see a Patrick Mahomes, and, and you see what these guys are doing. I mean, forget about Tom Brady, forget about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I'm naming some guys that are, you know, Drew Brees. Obviously, I mentioned, but because what he's doing is it's historical this season. But when you see what these guys like Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes, and even uh, Mitch Trubisky, uh, some of these guys, some young quarterbacks are doing, and then you see Dak Prescott. I mean, there's a clear 
clear difference between just the overall talent and the overall ability between these guys. I mean, Dak is a decent possession quarterback. He's, he's a decent game manager, and I think he can help you win some games, but he's not going to go out and he's not he's not a first-round talent. He's just not. That's not what. That's why he was drafted where he was drafted, and he just doesn't, in my opinion, he doesn't have the arm talent to be that guy. He's, he doesn't have the same ability to make some of those, like, di- you know, dying passes that, like, Jared Goff dropped in over the shoulder or Patrick Mahomes. And that's just not his game. So when you say you're not, you wouldn't take two first-round picks for Dak Prescott, I mean, you're out of your mind. <laughs> you're out, you might be out of your mind. I mean, he's not that guy. I would take, I would probably take a second-round pick for Dak. Wow. Okay. I think you can get a guy that can come in and do, you know, and do what Dak does. I mean, you get more of your value. And here's the problem. They're going to have to extend Dak. Hopefully, because it sounds like they're committed to him. So he's going to get a big contract. I mean, hopefully, when I say big, hopefully it's middle of the pack because Dak will be a team team guy and he's already making probably hundreds of million dollars in endorsements. So Dak is probably already, you know, 50 to 100. I mean, who knows how much the guy's made. He's, if you if you watch TV, you see him on, he's endorsing pretty much every product you can find. He's, he's that kind of guy. But, you know, they're going to still have to pay him after next season. And, and same goes for Zeke. If I have to decide between paying for Zeke and paying for Dak, I mean, it's a no-brainer. But this is your window to possibly win right now. So that being said, I mean, I almost have to be okay with the Amari Cooper trade because I think that their window is right now. And Amari Cooper, maybe he's the difference between, you know, getting a late game touchdown or getting in field goal range uh, in, in hoping that our defense holds the team to, you know, a reasonable amount of points. I think if you've got that type of defense, you've got a chance to win. So I'm going to hold back a little bit until the end of the season and see where we fell. I, I still feel that this is a 9-7 and seven or 8-8 eight and eight team. I don't think that they're going to be much better than that. Yeah, that sounds about right. But, but that uh, might be good enough to win the division, though. That might be good enough to win the division. That is actually true. That is actually true. If you win the division, you've got a shot. You know, who knows? You face maybe you face the Bears in the first round, or you face um, you know a team that you can match up against, uh, and and you know you beat them in a home game or whatever case may be. I'm not sure where that would fall, but uh, I think it gives them a legit chance to win, and then. You know, I don't think that the Saints or the Rams are going to put up 60 points in a playoff game. It just doesn't happen, especially against a good defense. So um, we'll have to see. But, I, you know, if they're trying to win right now, that might have been their best shot. Yeah, I mean, speaking of which, that game was absolutely ridiculous. Um, I, I kid you not, I think there was a point, while well, I was watching most of the game, I think the Rams went up 40 to 30 over the Chiefs. And I was like, okay, I mean, you know, Mahomes is playing a little bit, um, a little little sporadic. I mean, a little careless with the ball a little bit, you know, a couple turnovers. I mean, again, credit to... Um, Darnold and the defense from the Rams but I thought it was over and then literally I turned back to my screen and they were up four points they had scored two touchdowns and I was like this game is absolutely insane they just it was like a slugfest they were going back and forth um, there's yeah. been a lot of I think mostly uh, favorable feedback about you know this game's awesome look at all scoring etc etc then they're kind of that old guard the old folk um, you know they've outlawed defense what is all this you know offense it's just your, your turn my turn and all the um, all the flags being thrown um, I know you're a defense guy, but what do you think about the game? What What do you think about this trend? Was it awesome for you, or what do you think of the game? Yeah, I think you got to be fair in this one though, because I think that as as high scoring as this game was on both ends, you know, I don't think you can look at it and say that there's no defense being played. I mean, there was like three or four, wasn't there like three or four defense touchdowns? I mean, there were there were a bunch of turnovers in this game. I mean, you're when you can get really good quarterbacks to turn over the ball the way that they were, especially and score touchdowns off of them. And I don't know off the top of my head, you know, I watched the game. I know that there was at least two defense touchdowns, I believe. There might have been three, but I mean, it, it, you know, and those other ones, those other 
turnovers led to, to, to points. So there was defense being played. I mean, it was a little bit sporadic. I mean, there were big plays and, and all that. Obviously, there were a ton of points and a ton of yardage in the game, but the defense did make some plays in that game. So for me, that's an exciting game. I mean, that, that game was fun to watch. Um, yeah, I like to see defensive type games, but I like to see guys get after the quarterback and, and make plays too. And there was plenty of that. I think the difference was, I think Jared uh, Goff looked a little bit more seasoned than Mahomes did in this one. Uh, for me, Mahomes just seemed to get a little bit frazzled, especially in the fourth quarter, and started kind of chucking the ball up for grabs. Um, See, I, and, I, I got a, yeah. I got a, I got a minor hot take, and I, I, was, I was chatting with my friend real time during the game, and you know, Mahomes is great. He's uh, he's one of those like the high highs, but also the low lows, right? Like, I, I, I don't know if I'll blame him for the. I think was it? Yeah, again, I feel like it was two picks, it's something ridiculous, and um, I feel like a more a more game management type player, maybe your Alex Smith type, maybe um, I don't know, maybe even Andrew Luck, although he he makes more plays, but like someone that's not as like, I don't know, Cam Newton, you know, Superman, like I'm going to win the game, kind of trying to do too much. Like if you had more of a game manager, sure, you don't make a lot of the plays that um, Mahomes would have made, but then you also don't have some of those, I would argue, careless turnovers, but maybe I'm not giving enough credit to the defense, but there's some plays that I just thought he could throw it away, like some he just chucked up for an interception. Um, I mean, yeah, what do you think about Mahomes' play? Am I being too critical of him, him being a second year? Yeah, I don't I don't think Alex Smith or these game manager guys would have been in this game. I think it would have okay. been a blowout. I, I, I think Mahomes does enough to be able to extend the field and be able to kind of open things up downfield that there's a, I mean, that's a good reason why they put up so many points. He made some mistakes that a seasoned quarterback game manager probably won't make, but I don't think that those quarterbacks are going to get the ball down the field at the same exactly, pace or same exactly. rate that he does either. So I think, I think the, the only thing I saw from Mahomes was I think that there were some careless young turnovers. Um, I think he'll get past that. Uh, so for me, I, you know, I still like seeing Mahomes in that. I think it'll be a learning experience from, it's not like he got blown out in the game. It's, it's not something he can't come back from. I think that he'll learn from it. He'll probably protect the ball a little bit better. And one of the interceptions he threw at the end of the game, his arm was hit on that ball, which is kind of why huh. it floated out there too. So okay. he's trying to make a play. And, and then the last one, he just kind of, it looked like he just, I don't know, he he just kind of threw the ball downfield into double coverage and it got picked. But uh, yeah, plenty to learn from, but I, I wouldn't have rather had any of those other quarterbacks. I still think Patrick Mahomes is a guy that potentially just with his skill set could develop into almost like an Aaron Rodgers type quarterback. I think he's got that type of talent and I don't know if he'll do it because there's a lot more that comes along with it like preparation wise but I think ability wise he's a quarterback that could become that type of guy so I wouldn't trade him for much right now I wouldn't give him up for there's isn't much I would give you know be willing to give him up for yeah I think I think only time will tell it's tough when you see a quarterback with the physical gifts again with the arm with the you know being able to scramble etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, I mean I would argue when I saw RG3 when I saw Cam Newton when I saw Vic I was like these guys are the future again you know you see guys like Lamar Jackson but then you guys, see, you guys, see, you see guys like Jameis Winston, right? He apparently can like has a rocket of an arm, but um, I don't know if it's reading the defenses or poor decisions. But you know, it, it just shows you how much there is into the position of quarterback, where it's just not all the physical gifts. Where you know, I, I I hate to pick on the guy, but like LeBron James, he's built like a freak, but he can't make, he can't shoot a free throw. I mean, I hate to knock the guy. Yeah. You know, it comes spade to spade. Um, you know, that being said, I mean, I, I don't know about these teams. Um, it it looks like we got a preview of either their potential Super Bowl or obviously the Saints are in that mix. Um, do you think these guys are like a shoo-in, like the Saints, the Rams, the Chiefs? Would you be surprised? When they, I mean, throwing the pats there, but would you be surprised? I almost told my friend I'd make a Vegas bet that two out of those four teams will make the Super Bowl almost guaranteed. Like they they look so much better than everyone else. Maybe not the pats right now, but um, they just look so much better than every other team. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's 
so hard to say that because for me, the Saints are the best team in the NFC. Um, okay. I think that they will, with a home game, I think that they will beat the Rams. Um, I think it'll probably be a tougher game if they have to go to LA. But for me, the Saints definitely look like the best team in the NFC. Um, I don't trust the Chiefs yet. I mean, I don't trust that the Chiefs will get by the Patriots when all is said and done. Um, I think if the Patriots have to go to Kansas City, obviously they got a lot better chance. But history just says the Chiefs don't seem to be successful in the playoffs for whatever reason. And it's almost like if they they have to do it for me to really believe in them first. Um, I don't know who else is really powerhouse in the AFC. I mean, I think the Steelers will be tough. I think um, obviously the Patriots will be tough. Uh, but I don't really like anybody in the AFC South. Um, well, speaking about you know, the, AFC, the Even the Chargers are tough, so, yeah. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on Le'Veon Bell. So, like, it, you know, the whole season watching this whole thing unravel, I, I kind of heard his point. Um... I think everyone just expected him to report that Tuesday, uh, week 10 or whatever, and I thought it was a foregone conclusion. I thought it was going to be weird, like how they were going to roll him in, but then I was like, maybe he's going to be really healthy and he's going to push them over the top and Steelers are going to make some noise. Um, but with him sitting out the whole year, you know, I think losing 14, 50 million, whatever, um, and then I think his position is that he's preserving his body for the next big payday. Again, you're, you're weighing that risk versus playing this year. Sure, you lose 14 million, but if you got injured, that would have hurt your long-term value. Um, and, you know, people say, you know, never talk about a guy's money, et cetera. I, I don't fault him. It, it's really weird. I, I, I hope it doesn't set a precedent for um, other superstars or other players in general. Uh, I was walking by someone who had a street, like uh, put a poster of their fantasy football draft, and you see some, some idiot who picked Le'Veon Bell first round, and you're like... Jeez, like, I, I don't know what to think. It's, it's a really weird precedent, but I wouldn't be surprised if other players try to do this in the future. Um, what are your thoughts on him? Like, do you think he's a bad player? Do you feel for him? Or, like, what do you think about the whole situation? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely not a bad player. I mean, he's, he's arguably one of the top, probably one of the top three running backs in the league. I mean, he, you can make the argument that he's the best running back in the league. I, I think uh, I think Gurley would probably have something to say about that. I think Zeke is definitely up there and Saquon Barkley, so there's a ton of talent. But the, the problem with Bell, I mean... For me, he comes out of this just looking like a crybaby. I think he's a crybaby. I think that he he thinks he's worth way more than he is. And I'm quite honestly, I'm about as sick as sick of hearing about him as probably the Steelers are. And it, for me, when you see what the Steelers have kind of come out and how they've handled him, it, to me, it looks like they're sick of the guy. Like they are just sick of hearing him. Every single year, it is something with this guy. Whether he got suspended for, I think he was suspended for four games for, I don't know if it was PEDs a few years ago. It was it, something. I mean, it might have been some kind of weird pre workout, whatever the case may be, or I, I don't know. I, I, I don't have that in front of me, but he was suspended for four games a couple seasons ago. I believe he sat out last year, um, and it, he had an injury another year. Like, for me, it, there's always something circling this guy, and when you have a guy, a backup running back like James Conner, who has come in and does basically exactly what Le'Veon Bell does, I'm sorry, but your argument to make $17 million a year isn't holding any weight anymore. When your backup running back, he's probably making a few hundred thousand, is doing the same thing that you do on the field. I mean, talent-wise, the guy is phenomenal. There's no question. But the market for running backs is not its not the same as, as it is for quarterback or a defensive lineman or somewhere in that area. It's just simply not. So he's basically just wasting an entire season, throwing away money, and he should not get what he's asked for. He's not worth that much. So, Andy, I, yeah, no, no, I agree with you. I, uh, I think it's like Chris Carter and uh, Dion. I think they said the same thing. Just the market for running backs just isn't there. Um, I, I guess my question is more like, again, I've never seen this before, 
So like the fact that he's betting on himself, he comes out looking really bad, right? Like it, it's like I think Stephen A. or other people you say it's uh, the best ability is availability, and I think I think he used that example with your boy Romo, just because like when he's on the field, he's amazing, but he, you know yeah. near near the end of his career, he's getting hurt all the time. And then I think Sam Bradford's another good example when he's healthy, the dude's pretty competent, but he gets injured all the time too. So like, but I mean, Le'Veon, it's not a durability thing. It's uh, like when you pay this guy, are you worried that he's not going to be happy with his contract when he's no longer the highest paid running back and becomes the fifth or tenth and he wants to redo his contract again and, you know, keeping him happy in a, a locker room cancer and all this stuff. Like, I heard teams like the Colts have money to pay him and all these other teams, but I guess play this out and you're a crystal ball. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think a team that needs him is going to pull the trigger and like, wow, we just got a great player? Or do you think there's going to be some um, fallout and some pushback and like, wait, wait, this guy's a bad locker room guy, even though he's great talent, we're not going to pay him that much. Like, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, I think there'll probably be one team that takes a shot on him. He's not going to get what he, he's not going to get close to what he's asking for, though, because for one, he's come out of this looking, to me, coming out of this looking like the bad guy. He doesn't look like a team player. You've got a team that, you know, the Steelers, who makes a run every single year. Now, whether they win it or not, obviously it's tough to win Super Bowls, but the, the, the Steelers, as much as any other team in the league, they're always competitive. They're always right there. Uh, and so you've got a team that's fighting out there. You've got guys, a 55-man roster or whatever, how many guys are on there, fighting every day from the beginning of the season uh, to training camp and, and all the way through the season to try to, to, to achieve the same goal. And then you've got this guy who refuses to sign a $14 million franchise tag. That's not enough money for him to play or to, to be there with his teammates. So if I'm the rest of the team, I don't want to see him come back. Personally, I don't care how good he is. I'll, I'll go with the guy who's out there sacrificed body every single day for, you know, $500,000. Um, I think there might be one team that signs him, but if you, if it's me, I would question what his true intentions or what his true um, commitment level is, no matter where he goes next year. I, I, like For me, it would always be a question. What's the next big problem going to be? And I don't know if he's a bad lo- – I don't think he's a bad locker room guy. I'm sure he's fine, but this stuff to me makes him look like that because he's putting – you know, he's, he's basically letting his, teams go to, his team go to battle without him because he didn't think $14 million for a year was enough money. He's not the only guy that got offered a franchise tag. Every sure. single team is playing a guy. Every single team right now is playing a player that they franchised last season, and they're all making roughly that much money. So, you know, let's not act like he didn't. He wasn't offered some money. I mean, he was going to make $14 million. So on one hand, it's like, okay, yeah, sure, kudos to you for turning down that and sticking your gun. But on the other hand, you're not worth $17 million. James Conner's proven that. Andy, great transition. You didn't even know it. But speaking about contracts and uh, people complaining about their money, um, this whole CD and Draymond kind of drama. It's um, I, it. I mean, if you told me a year ago that you know the Warriors are gonna self-combust and you know I'd be like, what are you talking about? They're like, who does enjoy winning, slaughtering teams, free championships, four or five five-year run of straight championships? But um, it looks like the only one to beat them are really themselves. Um, so with this whole kind of drama, where again, I don't know when exactly started. I, I mean, it can probably be annoying for management and probably your your teammates, especially the top guys that make the the core of your team where you have one of your star players that are on like annual contracts with an odd player option like over and over um, I think I think uh, LeBron made that you know in vogue by doing that and kind of empowering the players to have maximum flexibility but then with no long term commitment they're just betting on themselves as long as they don't get injured and just stay with these one year deals which again I don't fault KD for it, it probably hurts you know like management and GMs kind of planning their team because they never know at any point when you want to leave and then they gotta you know um, run to find the replacement um, I, I guess it affected Draymond more it seems like that's a story where it really bothers Draymond and uh, you know he had that burst where he's like we won before you we, we 
can win without you. Um, you know, personally, I kind of miss the original Warriors, um, the death lineup. They had a lot of beautiful basketball, a lot of passing, a lot of screens, open threes. Um, it reminds me of the Spurs when they beat the Heat, which was really satisfying for me. Um, you know, watching the Warriors now, it's a lot of one-on-ones. You see Steph just pulls up. You see Katie obviously just pulls up because he's a freak of nature at his height. Um, not a lot of ball movement, not, not a lot of passing, not as much as before, I guess. But I, I think pure talent alone, they're still crushing teams. Just like I think when they formed the Heatles, I don't think it was a great fit. Like with Dwayne Wade and LeBron, they're kind of just ball dominant players. But, you know, they work because pure talent alone. You put Bosch, um, Dwayne Wade and LeBron, you're going to be team. So, I mean, how do you think this whole thing is playing out? Do you think, uh, I think I've asked you multiple times about certain Draymond incidents. Do you think this was out of line? Um, and how do you think the Warriors reacted by spending him without pay, kind of making him look bad publicly? I mean, it's like there's rumors that Katie is going to leave anyways. So by doing this, you're siding, you're trying to placate Katie and make him happy. But if he's going to leave anyways, now this just fuels the fire for Draymond to possibly leave. Like, what do you think about the whole yeah, situation? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so tired of Draymond Green. Like, at what point is somebody just going to smack him in his face and shut him up? I, like, I'm just, I'm extremely vocal about Draymond Green because I'm so tired of this guy. Like, I mean, I said it before, that he probably should get about three technical fouls every game because he's constantly flapping his gums at somebody. And now it comes to the point where he's flapping his gums about, you know, arguably one of the top three players in the NBA because because Durant was calling for the ball. Okay, Durant is one of the most unselfish players. You know, I'm not like the biggest. I don't love Durant. It's not like he's my favorite player or anything like that. But when the game is on the line late in a game and Kevin Durant is calling for the ball, shut your mouth and give him the ball. Plain and simple. And, you, you know, you see the guy taking the ball down court. I'm talking about Draymond Green. Taking the ball down the court, tripping over his own feet and losing the ball and then they go into overtime and lose. Okay, Draymond Green, in my opinion, is one of the most insignificant players on the Warriors. Like, he's wow. arguably, when you, when you have their best, when you have the, the Warriors' best team available this season, he's the fifth best option. Fifth. Number five. So, I don't care about what Draymond Green has to say. Like, the fact that he even has anything to say to Kevin Durant, like, whether his teammates carried him to championships before Durant got there or not, I don't care. Like, I am so tired of this guy constantly slapping his gums about something. It's always something with this dude. And now he's, he's you know, getting into it with Kevin Durant, who is pretty, you know, solid. I mean, character-wise, Kevin Durant's a pretty good dude. And if I was Durant, I would love to see Durant leave the Warriors now. Let, uh, you know, let that team stick together. And, and, on, and on a second note, I would love to see Draymond Green go anywhere else where he's not surrounded by these guys, where he becomes like a number two option and see that team win 15 games on the season. All right, all right. Because that's how insignificant he is. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. He is, I think I know your feelings about Draymond. And I, I, I'm not the biggest Draymond fan. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to word this right. I'm not a fan of his. And I totally agree with you. If any team were to overspend for him and think he's their number two or number three option, they would like they would get such a bad deal. Please. Um, he's those type of players that um, we were just talking about the NFL kind of pushing you over the top. If you don't have two or three stars, his value is so worthless, basically. It's like... Right. It's I, I don't want to go geek reference, but it's, it's like Power Rangers or Voltron. It's like when you combine, he's like the glue that sticks everything together. Like, he magnifies everyone together. Like, I, I'm trying to think if, if you replace Draymond with anyone else, like less of a hothead, that doesn't do all the small things he does. I don't think that team really works as well because he's kind of doing all the nitty-gritty. Um, he reminds me of, like, uh, like Shane Battier for the Heat. I mean, I don't think Shane Battier was as good as Draymond Green. 
he was a serviceable player, but he wasn't bad. But he just did all the small things. Um, I think about Marcus Smart. Um, he's not, I mean, he's probably like sixth or seventh, maybe eighth on the depth chart. But like he does a lot of small things. He takes charges, passes. So I think Draymond's good for the team, but I think he needs to know his place and not overstep his bounds. Like he's not as talented as those other guys. And I, I hope it doesn't go into his head. Um, but I, his head. Sure, I agree with you. But I, I think I think the Warriors, I, I don't know if they appreciate him. He's like, I'll put it this way. It's, it might be dramatic. I think if you have Clay, Steph, KD, I don't know how good you are. I really don't know. Like, if you just totally subtract out Draymond, like, they would remind me of, like, the Rockets, like, this year, where they lost their defensive guys. Or, or even the Suns with uh, D'Antoni that year. Like, you have a lot of offense. That's great. But then, you know, your defense kind of lacking and no one... I mean, I mean, Clay is a good defender, but Raymond just does a lot of small things. But um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I'm on the same part. Like, I, I, I don't like his attitude. But it's funny. Wait, let me, let me go back to one thing. Because I swore I brought up the Draymond example when we talked about Serena. When, when we talked about Serena, you, I think you were for her fiery attitude and her. She was like, I play this well because I'm always. I don't know. I'm always amped up. Or I think that's how Draymond tries to justify his actions. He's always so heated. That's why he yells and, you know, four or five technical fouls every game because that's how he plays. That's his attitude winning. Do you not buy that? or No, I mean, I wouldn't make the comparison with Serena because, number one, I mean, Serena, for one, that was in a championship match and it's a one, It's you know, tennis is, is one-on-one. And Serena's out there on, her, on an island playing against it. For, for me, that was, that was not the norm to see Serena, I guess, get that upset. And I think she was very justified to be that upset. Draymond Green does this every single game. I mean, there's every single game he's flapping his gums about something, whether it's the officials or that's true, that's an opposing true. team player. or his, and, and this one for me is kind of like the nail in the coffin because Kevin Durant, I'm sorry, you can find, you know, to the point, yes, is Draymond Green a versatile player? Sure he is. He plays defense. He's fiery. He makes, you know, he can hit the outside shot. He can do, he can do a lot of things, but you can find, in my opinion, you can find plenty of Draymond Greens. You're not finding another Kevin Durant out there. You're not finding maybe once every 15 years in the draft, you're going to find a Kevin Durant um, or somebody close to not. You're just, you don't find that guy. So you can, you know, talk until you're blue in the face, but I don't care about what Draymond Green thinks he brings to the Warriors. If you took him and you put him on a team with one other, with one superstar or even two superstars, that team is not doing anything. And, and the funny part is, is that like the reason I mentioned the fifth best option, it's like if the game is on the line and every Everybody's healthy. Let's say all players on the Warriors are healthy. Game's on the line. Who, who are you giving the ball to? Steph Curry or Draymond Green? Steph Curry, sure. Okay. Clay Thompson or Draymond Green? Thompson. Uh, Kevin Durant or Draymond Green? Kevin Durant. <laughs> Boogie, Boogie Cousins or Draymond Green? Boogie Cousins. Heck, I'd give it to Livingston. Exactly. So, I'd give it to Iguodala. Exactly. Sure. I'd give it to any of those guys before Draymond Green. And yet this dude is the one guy that is constantly always, like, if Kevin Durant, it's, it's not, the funny part for me is, is that Kevin Durant's not a selfish player. I mean, the reason he fits in well with that team is because he's not a selfish player. But when the game is on the line on like a final drive down court like that, and Kevin Durant is asking for the ball in the open court, like and he and he's completely ignored by this jackass who goes over and turns off turns over the ball. Like you're not at that point, you're gonna sit there and you're gonna you know get into an argument about it. I mean, you're clearly wrong, but he doesn't think he's ever wrong. And it's funny because one of my friends wanted to call in to the show, my buddy Carlos Cintron. I was gonna try to get him on the show, but obviously timing wise, we had to record a little bit different time today. But he was adamant about the versatility of, of Draymond Green. And I was going to give him a shot to kind of, you know, to kind of try to beat me up a little bit on here. But, I mean, the fact is, look, I understand that he's, he's a versatile player. He does certain 
different things well, and he probably does fit in well with this team. But my point is you could find plenty of him. You're not finding another Kevin Durant out there. That's just It's just that simple. And I hope Kevin Durant goes and signs with another team, you know, off of some of this stuff. Uh, I think all that is fair. I guess I'll leave you with this one point, and you can basically agree or disagree. I think back to uh, the 2008 Celtics uh, with the big three, uh, KG, Paul Paris, Ray Allen. And, you know, you got Rondo, who's like, I don't know, rookie or second year. You know, Rondo reminds me of Jeremiah Green, where he's like the, he's like the glue guy, where, um, you know, people used to say, you know, he's overrated. Because, you know, you got three Hall of Famers to pass to. How hard of a job could it be to be a point guard? Which I agree with, but he had good defense, and he was able to, like, just bite his tongue and just be a team player and do all the, you know, do all the small things. Sure, he, you know, he's got some attitude issues, not as bad as Draymond's, but he's the glue guy. Now, I guess I'll ask you, like, you know, I love Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, KG. They're all unique in their talent. But I don't know, around that time, like, I'm trying to think of uh, – if I were to swap out Paul Pierce with some other kind of scoring guard, I don't know, like a, uh, like a Paul George or, a, um, I don't know, like a Rudy Gay or something, sure, you, you take a small, small hit in offense, you might lose some other small things, but Rondo is a guy that kind of facilitates things, kind of keeps things glued together. And so, again, Katie, I totally agree with you. He's like, to me, he's the second first best player, in, in my opinion. You take him out, you put another score. Um, I'm not a Bradley Beal fan. Uh, yeah, sure, Paul George. Let's say Paul George. Or, or James Harden. James Harden. Uh, he doesn't have the length of KD. So it's not exactly fair, but you know, a scoring type forward, or yeah, let's let's say, let's say the Greek freak, although that'd be still overpowered. But um, but I think if you take away Draymond Green and you put like uh, a poor man's Draymond Green or a homeless man's Draymond Green, I think you'd be surprised and you'd see like horrible defensive ratings and stuff like that. But again, I don't even like the yeah. guy. But I just kind well, of see him kind of essential. He, yeah. So here's where I would go with that though. You don't need another scorer though. I mean, Draymond Green is effective offensively because nobody ever guards. He's wide open. That's I mean, true. That's the, true. The coverage is going to all these other guys. I mean, it's going to Steph Curry. It's going to Clay Thompson. It's going to Kevin Durant. Draymond Green gets wide open look constantly all day. I mean, so if you're replacing Draymond Green, I'm not looking for like a Paul George, really. I, I'm looking, if I'm replacing uh, Draymond Green, I, you know, I'm probably going for like a Trevor Reza or like a, almost like a Lance Stevenson or just somebody that's like a, a team guy that's going to get dirty defensively. Who's going to like, you know, do some of that dirty, you know, hard-nosed stuff. You don't need a guy that's going to really do all that crazy stuff because you've already got plenty of them. So I think you can get one of those other guys that's a lot cheaper that's going to be a lot, you know, less noisy. And I, those are the type of players I think that I would go for if, if I was uh, the Warriors. And, you know, are they probably as good of players talent-wise? Probably not. But I think that those type of players will get the job done and they'll do it. And I think you could probably find one almost almost on every team, really. And, and you slide those guys into the position. I think that they'll be just as effective. I think, you know, is there be a little bit of a drop-off? Maybe, but it doesn't come with all the other BS that it comes with. The baggage with the technical fouls and all that. And But I would go, and I would also say, just to follow up on Rondo, I mean, I, I wouldn't even want to make that comparison because Rondo was the was what made that team go. I mean, he wasn't the big scorer, but he's the guy that's getting the hold down for every single time and finding these guys. Sure. And for me, Rondo made all those players better because he was the guy that's so unselfish with the ball when it comes to, like, finding the open guy. He's such a great pass or being such a great defensive player um, from the point guard position that for me, that was invaluable for that Celtics team because none of those other guys were that type of player. They weren't really like the guys that bring the ball up for. Uh, Rondo was that guy. He was the distributor. So I would say I wouldn't have wanted to trade Rondo for any of those other guys. I, I wouldn't want to put him in the same class during that during that championship run. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you mostly. I think I think one last small thing. I, I do recall there was like, a, they were talking about Draymond Green, how, you know, he's got a big mouth. He also 
talks off his own players. Like, obviously, when Steph goes off or, you know, Clay goes off, he'll talk them up. He'll make them feel good, da, 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 like pump them up like they're like they're uh, the corner man or whatever. And they'll talk trash to other players. So I guess there's that kind of aspect. But again, it's probably not worth all the baggage where I think the suspension, I, I think I read some of the stories where like it was kind of a team thing where they all agreed on it. Like they wouldn't have done it without like the team's kind of input. So I think a lot of other teammates, maybe important teammates have, um, you know, they've kind of just had their limit with um, Draymond and his baggage. Um, so I was going to do game of the week, but I think it's pretty obvious we'd go with Chiefs and Rams. So I think we'll just skip to uh, picking the games next week. So actually, really quick question. So the first game is beers at Lions, 12.30 tomorrow, Turkey Day. You know, I, I was talking to my friend, Pease. We're like, dude, Chiefs, Rams, Saints, like I, this is what the NFL like salivates over all this scoring and it's so exciting to watch. But I was like, who's the best defensive team in the beers? And I don't think the beers have had a shot at the Rams or the Saints. Is that right? The Bears? Uh, they haven't played them man, yet. You know, I would have remembered, I think. And they've I, got I, that They've got that defense, man. I, I mean, for me, like I said. Who would you uh, like in that defense? game? Bears, Bears, Saints, or Bears, Rams? If Bears were at home. Jeez, uh, that's tough. I think it'll be a close, close game. I don't know if the Bears would be able to keep up offensively. Uh, the Saints defense is starting to come around, so the Saints defense has looked a little bit better of late. Um, and the Rams, oddly enough, it's like the Rams defense should be a lot better than it is. Dude, it's super Start. But, yeah, you know the Rams in the, the Rams. Well, the Rams lost the Saints, so uh, you know I, I don't know. I, I think that that'd be an interesting game if you if you put the Bears up against any of those teams. I don't know if they're quite ready to, I guess, win a shootout with them. But man, this Bears defense has shut down some good teams. So let me ask so, you this: Let me ask you this. December yeah. 9th, I was just looking at the Bears schedule. Rams at Bears. I got that one circled. Um, that's an eight twenty yeah. game, so that's either Sunday gonna, night, Monday yeah. night, um, December 9th. I got to see what that is. I mean, that's three weeks out. What would you? guess the line is for that game? Rams at Bears. You think the Bears are... I don't know what the line is, but I think the Bears are going to win that game. Favorite? It's in oh, Chicago. Think, I, think, oh, wow. okay. I, I think the Bears will... I think the Bears will beat the Rams in Chicago. I think it'll be a... I think it'll be a frigid, windy, cold, miserable night. Who knows if it'll snow or, you know, freezing rain or whatever, but I think that if you put the Rams in that environment in Chicago this time of year, I, I'm going to go with the Bears because I think their defense is built to play in that type of weather. I, I, I could just I could just see Khalil that coming off the edge and just destroying Goff in that game. Yeah, um, no, that's that's so, really how I see it. Um, well, I and mean, the same goes for the Saints. If, if the Saints have to play in Chicago, the Saints are not the same team uh, yeah, when they play on the yeah. road as they play in the Dome. So I think if the Bears can somehow find a way to get home games, and it's going to be tough for them because they're seven and three right now. Just looking at it, I mean, they're seven and three. The Saints are nine and one. The Rams are ten and one. Um, I don't know if I don't know if they'll if those teams will lose two more games or three games this season without the Bears losing. So yeah, I think the not. Bears' success is 100% contingent off of getting those teams to have to travel to Chicago. I think if they have to go to New Orleans or they have to go to uh, to the Rams, I think the Rams, or, or I think those two teams would probably hold a little bit of an edge over them. Obviously, that sounds, you know, kind of easy to predict the home game, but I think that the Bears are a very different team when you put them in Chicago that time of year. Yeah, you know, as much of an offensive fan I am, and I think the whole world would have it with a rematch NFC Championship, Saints, Rams. Um, I, I love when 
when it's that unstoppable offense versus like uh, what is it? Yeah, unstoppable like force versus uh, unmovable object kind of thing. So it's like super offense versus yeah. super defense. So if it's it, since they don't play each other the regular season, if it's Saints Bears in the NFC Championship, oh, I'd love to see that to see how it pans out. But um, although I think mm-hmm. the, Saint, the Saints offense looks ridiculous. Um, so yeah, tomorrow's first game, twelve thirty game. Um, Bears at Lions. I think you got the Bears. Yeah, Bears. Yeah, same here, Bears. I know where you'll be tuned into uh, the four thirty game, uh, Washington football team versus the Cowboys. Um, I think Colt McCoy's starting. Who do you like in this one? Cowboys are going to win that one. <laughs> um, oh, I got him. I think I think Washington football team is going to. I think they got this. I think they got this. Colt McCoy. Wow, with guys, the quarterback. They got you Monday yeah. Night Football four years ago, right? I think I want some money on that one. Yeah, I think Colt McCoy did beat the Cowboys a few years ago, but he wasn't facing this Cowboys defense. Oh, so maybe right, this Cowboys right. defense is going to get right. after get after him and, and cause some havoc. You know, I'll put it this way: I think Colt McCoy will be serviceable. I think your boy Dak's going to lose the game. He's going to lose under those bright lights. Uh, What would have been an interesting uh, Thanksgiving game, but I just... Falcons suck, so Falcons at Saints Thursday night game. Saints. We're doing feel, straight up, right? We're, we're doing yeah, straight we're up. Doing loss, yeah, we're doing straight up, yeah. Right? We're not going We're points. doing straight up. Yep. yep. So, yeah, I, Saints. I feel bad. Like, Falcons are just so, uh, they're not fun to watch. This would have been a fun game to watch, but I think the Saints are going to crush them. Um, yep. This is an interesting game. Giants have looked pretty good all of a sudden. Like, I don't know what happened. And the Eagles have looked, you know, the Super Bowl slump. Um, Giants at Eagles Sunday at 1. What do you like there? Yeah, I think Giants luck going to run out in this one. I think the Eagles are going to have a comeback game and beat them. I think the Eagles to beat him in this one. I think the Eagles are just... Uh, Eli, will throw, just... Eli will throw nine interceptions. <laughs> I mean, he's due for like nine interceptions. I think that will happen, but I think Saquon Barkley will also go crazy, so um, I like the Giants there. A um, couple okay. stinkers this week. Uh, Jaguars at Bills. Oh, what a gross game. Oh, man. Um, is... Uh, is is uh, Who's starting a quarterback for the Bills in this one? Is uh, Allen back for this? I think he might be back. Is he? How are the Jaguars uh, set three and seven? I mean, It's, it's so embarrassing, especially for Ramsey, how much is like it's pretty embarrassing. It's like they came back to like what everybody expected them to be just as a franchise. I mean, they had that like ridiculous uh, game last season. It looks like Barkley is is possibly starting for wow. the Bills. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Jaguars on this one. I, I think the Jaguars with Fournette that they might get something going. Um, I mean, I don't particularly trust them. I don't trust either <laughs> team, but for some reason, I think that the Jaguars are gonna win this game. Yeah, I mean, the Jags have nothing to play for. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I gotta go with the Jags myself. Um. Seahawks at Panthers. Who do you like there? Jeez, uh, man. Another game I just don't like. Um, yeah. Oh, man. I think I'm going to go with Seattle. I think Seattle might yeah. get weird in this game. I, I don't know why. It, it's I know that's probably not a popular pick right now because I think that the um, Panthers are really tough at home, but I like the fact that the the, um, the Seahawks have kind of been developed a, a solid running game. And I think if they can kind of do that in Carolina this weekend, they're, they're going to have some success. So I'm going to go with an odd pick and, and pick Seattle. Yeah, my, my normal gut would say to go with the Panthers. Um, they In my in my weekly pools pick, I picked the Panthers uh, last week in that horrible call. Actually, it wasn't that horrible. Cam Newton made the pass, but um, I, I think they'll bounce back after that kind of disastrous game last week. Um, so I'll go with the Panthers. Um, you yeah. got the Raiders and um, I guess second week of uh, oh, yeah. Lamar Jackson, I'm assuming. Um, Raiders I hope so. have more or less given up this year, I think, in my opinion. But uh, how do you like this one playing out? Yeah, I'm going with Baltimore, man. I want to see more of Lamar Jackson. I uh, I would love to see him just take over as a start, starting quarterback for the Ravens. I mean, I think Joe Flacco brings zero value. They can just cut him and they probably win more games. Um, but yeah, I would love to see Lamar Jackson uh, go out there and, and beat up the Raiders. It, it's 
I want to see him develop a little bit, man. Hopefully they they stay relatively conservative with him so that they can kind of limit the mistakes. But he carried the ball like 27 times in that first yeah, game, didn't he? Yeah, did. He 27 yeah. carries for like 117 yards or something. Worries me a little um, bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm going all out with uh with the Ravens on this one. I'd love to see him win again. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that pick too. You know, part of the anti-Gruden thing, but uh, rooting for Lamar Jackson as well. Um, another stinker. I mean, so many one o'clock stinkers. 49ers at Bucks. Who do you like there? Oh God. Uh, why can't the Why can't Tampa Bay make up their mind about their quarterback? I mean, uh, <laughs> seriously, like, seriously. how you got to fire this? Like for me, you got to fire the coach because don't go back and forth and back and forth with your quarterback. Like stick stick with one of them. Like loser win, loser draw. Like they, I'm glad they got Winston back out there. Uh, they're a little bit of a disaster right now, but I think Tampa Bay is going to find a way to win this game. I think um, oddly they've they've started to be decent with the running game. Like Peyton Barber's looked pretty good the last couple of games, um, and I think Winston's going to come out and perform a little bit better in this one. So I'm going to go with Tampa. I think Tampa's going to find a way to win this one at home. I'm going to go with the Niners. I just I just don't like the Bucs. Uh, okay. Then we got the Browns at the Bengals. Ooh, man. Uh, this one's in Cincinnati, is it? Or? Yep, Cincinnati. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with the Browns. I think the Browns is a better team. Oddly yeah. enough, I know record-wise they're not, but I think I think that they're a team that's probably headed in the right direction. I think Cincinnati, um, without A.J. Green, um, I just I don't like them. I think, uh, you know, I, I don't have a ton of confidence in the pick, but I'd like to see the Browns go out and win this game. I think that that's a game they could win. Yeah, I know. Uh, to add to that, fuel to the fire, um, Hugh Jackson is an assistant on the Bengals, and I think... Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, so I think the Browns are a little something I should play for, so I like the Browns as well. Patriots oh. at the Jets. Yeah, should we go even talk about this one? I mean, <laughs> they're going to win by 40 points. Yeah, I'm going with Patriots. Coming off a of bye, yeah, I just got to decide if I'd like the spread or not, but uh, I got the Patriots as well. Cardinals yeah. at the Chargers. Ew. Uh, well, Chargers are good. I mean, everybody, oh, no, it's no. funny because I think everybody Everybody still thinks the Chargers stink. No, no, <laughs> it's no. Funny I, because I, they don't get like the support, but yeah, it's, a, it's an ugly game, I guess. But I'm, yeah, I think they're going to crush them. And beat up on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, um, same here. I like the Chargers. Um, Steelers at the Broncos. Offensive Ooh, juggernaut. Offensive juggernaut. Yeah. Jeez, uh, man. Broncos coming off a good win too. Um, I think I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean, they're the better team. I think they need to win at this point. So you may see them pull out all the stops to win this game. Uh, yeah. So I'm, yeah, I want to play that narrative that post Levy on Bell kind of team pulling together. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Steelers as yeah. well. Uh, Dolphins at the Colts, the offensive powerhouse Colts. Um, yeah. I think this I despise pretty... the Dolphins. I mean, oh, you yeah, I just, them, I don't want to, I don't want to see, yeah, I despise them. I hate their entire life. You know, I, I mean, I shouldn't, but they, they just annoy me. Their coach annoys me. I'm tired of watching Frank Gore steal carries from Kenyon Drake. I, dra- I drafted <laughs> Kenyon Drake in my fantasy league. Ouch. And for some reason, Frank Gore is like the most insignificant running back. I know that he's like, I know that, like, overall, like, if you look at his entire body of work for his entire career, he's had a phenomenal career. I mean, he's in the top, like, he's in, like, the top 10 rushing all time or something, which is great. I mean, he's a good team guy. But, I mean, he brings, like, zero, like, big playability to the team. And I, I just don't understand what they're doing when they've got a guy like Kenyon Drake who can, who can you know, break some plays. Um, I want that entire coaching staff to get fired, so I'm going with the Colts on this. I think Andrew Luck's back. That guy's legit. Uh, Got to go with the Colts. Oh, Sunday night game. Packers at Vikings. Vikings haven't played as good as I thought they were going to be this year, but uh, this should be a good game. Yeah, it's so weird seeing Green Bay at 4-5-1, and one, right? It's, um, I feel so bad for the guy. I think Kirk Cousins is going to tear up that defense, man. Wow. It's, it's in okay. Minnesota. I think I think, uh, I think, uh, I think think Kirk Cousins, and they've got Delvin Cook healthy. Um, I'm going to go with the Vikings.
Vikings winning that one. And, and I know Green Bay really needs this game, but Minnesota yeah. obviously needs game two. So um, the home game, I think uh, I think you're going to see the Vikings win that one at home. Yeah, I'm rooting for Aaron Rodgers, but I feel like what's best for this guy is just to kind of suck this year, get McCarthy fired and start anew. So, like, I I think I'm going to go with the Vikings. Um, again, it, it's, bad, it's bad for his cousins just because uh, you like that. You like that. Like, I like the guy for that, but uh, he's playing so bad. Like, or not even bad, just kind of not reliable. So I, I had high hopes for the Vikings, but, uh, I mean, they were, like, second or third favorite in terms of Super Bowl odds to win, and now they just look kind of yeah. bad. But, um, yeah, I'll go with the Vikings as well. In your Monday night football game, Titans versus your Houston Texans. Yeah, um, definitely not my Houston Texans, but I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the Texans. I like uh, I like the Texans. Uh, you know, I think they're the better team. I, I like Deshaun Watson. I think Marcus Mariota is another Dak Prescott. I can't stand watching him try to throw the football. Um, so you know, I'm just glad we didn't draft Dak Prescott with like the number two pick or whatever. I think Mariota was the number two pick, right? He was just behind James Winston, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, just to me, he he just he brings nothing to the QB position in my in my opinion. So I'm going to go with the with the Texans on this one. Well, after they shellacked my Patriots um, and our adopted son, Vrabel, um, you know, they kind of won me over a little bit and I don't mind rooting for them, uh, my adopted AFC South team. I'm going to go with the Titans and see what happens there. Um, okay. Final question for you, Andy. What is your favorite Thanksgiving Day dish? Oh, man. Okay, so... If you had to pick one. I mean, pretty traditional for me. Uh, I mean, so we, we get to, I get to fill up an entire dish? Is, is Am I throwing everything on there? <laughs> I mean, is, you is get... Is that how we're working it? One food item. One food item. Mashed potatoes. Oh, just one food know. item. Yeah, turkey. Yeah. What's your favorite? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think you can do... I, for me, you can't do Thanksgiving without the turkey. So, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with like the... I, I, the Dark turkey. I like the dark meat turkey. Um, Who does it? Who does it? With cram- with you throw a little cranberry sauce on there for me. That's that's ideal. But I do yeah, need the no mashed potatoes and all that. So I know. I was about to say that. that I'm a mashed potatoes guy. That sadly, I, I that's like one A one B for me. Mashed potatoes and turkey. But um, cool. Yep. That's, that's all the time we have left this week. Uh, my name is John Lee, and I'm Andy Benzwitz. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Hope you enjoy the show. You can reach out to us at Be Nice Andy on Twitter, Instagram, and Be Nice Andy on Facebook. Later, man. Have a good one. Take care. Yeah, bye. Thank you.